Hey, everybody, this is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the fifth season of the TV drama Better Call Saul. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I am good. Uh, we are back at long last. It's been quite a journey back to the recording studio for me, Mom. And I've been sitting here since the last time just waiting for you. Oh, <laughs> oh well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, yeah, so we recorded the um, last podcast a couple of weeks ago. I edited it right away, got it up, um, got in the car to go home, and just on the way home, I just started to um, feel a little achy, just a little wrong. Once you're old enough, you you get that premonition um, with just the littlest ache in the wrong spot, um, and I just felt like things were going to go in a bad direction, as they indeed did for the rest of the night. By the time I get home, I'm feeling chilly, um, and the problem is that my darling and beautiful wife, Anna, was out of town. <laughs> So I've got two toddlers on my hands and I'm deteriorating quickly. I make it, you know, my stomach is pretty much shut down for business. It hangs the sign on the front door and it's just like, nope, do not send anything down here right now. Um, But still, I cook dinner, you know, basic, just mac and cheese and broccoli for the kids for dinner, get them through dinner, get them through a really no frills, a very basic bedtime. And I just said to... My kids, who are four and two and a half, Leo and Eve, respectively, I said to them, Daddy's really sick, so I, you can read, you can sing, you guys can play in your room, whatever, but only get me out of bed if, if it's really important. <laughs> and then I just crawl into bed and desperately trying to get warm and just can't. I just, it's, it's such a terrible feeling, isn't it? When it's you've got awful, that fever. yes. So my fever's going up, up, up. About 15 minutes later, they come trotting into the room. Maybe it was 15 minutes. My sense of time was pretty bad. But in each of these intervals that I'm going to tell you, just picture me finally starting to maybe fall asleep or feel relaxed. And that is the moment when the children would come marching into the bedroom. They come marching in. Leo says, Eve has a poop. I say to Eve, really? Do you really have a poop, Eve? Yes. Yes, Daddy. I get out of bed shivering to sort of lifting this hulk out of bed. We go down the hall. I get her up, take a look in her, in her pull-up, nothing. Tee-hee, hee-hee. I reemphasize, hey, come on. Like, I'm really feeling bad. Have some sympathy. They had zero. Yeah. Well, 15 minutes later, they come back in. Eve has a, Eve has a poop. Really? 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 Yes, 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 yes. Well, indeed, she does have a poop this time, and it's a blowout. So her pajamas are all poopy, and it's just this runny, terrible mess, which when I open the uh, diaper up, just it's like punching. I'm trying not to throw up already, and this is like a punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I get her into the bathroom, clean her up. Everybody's back in bed. Stay, s- sleep, please. Fifteen minutes later, Eve has a poop. Yep. Another blowout, another cleanup, back in bed. Then like a half an hour later, I think I'm really in the clear. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. And they come running in and now Leo says, Eve got into the ointment 
And Eve comes in trailing him, and her hands are just encased in goop. And at this point, I'm so wrecked and can't even contemplate getting out of bed. Um, I just say, you know what? I don't even care. Just go back to bed. But as they're leaving, I have the presence of mind to say, Leo, bring me the ointment so that at least she doesn't get into it again. Yeah, yeah. He comes trotting back in a few seconds later with a jar of vapor rub. Um, <sighs> and then I smell it on his hands and realize that he only told half the story. It's not just Eve who got into the ointment. Yeah, yeah. So I go into this room and I'll never forget this stench of diarrhea and vapor rub. This room is just like a house of horrors. And the two of them just giggling and dancing around. Um, and I'm just trying to clean. And, you know, this stuff is hard to clean off yeah, anything. Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to get them cleaned up. Mom, it was the worst night of my parenting life. And I'll just I'll never I don't know how I avoided throwing up. First of all, um, but I was determined not to because I was like, I'm not cleaning that up too. Right. I just don't. Right. It's the smell that will stick with me, I think, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And the feeling of smelling it with just anger and disease in my gut. Oh. That's so a sad that one. cheery fellow you heard sign off at the end of the last podcast <laughs> disappeared pretty quick. Oh man, man, we all now. Did you? We all have you that had one nights story. like that, right? I have yeah. I have one story. Jenna got the flu one year. She was probably about four, and it spread to Daddy and I. We ended up in bed together, so sick, so sick that it was Shark Week on TV, and <laughs> you know we had well. woken up to sharks biting and killing other fish and all it was bloody and we were both so sick neither of us could reach for the tv oh, clicker God. to change the channel oh. so we laid there until somebody came into the room to change the channel for us and i will never forget that i bet you never watched shark week again did you never never every time i even hear it i think of the flu so. It's funny you say that because um, I went to um, there's a new sandwich shop that opened up here um, a couple of months ago and I've been going there regularly. They have a chicken salad sandwich that I like a lot. Um, but this chicken salad sandwich was the last thing I ate before I got sick. Yeah. And I don't think the sandwich made me sick. It happened too fast, too soon after the sandwich for that to be it. But I ordered another one this week and my first bite. I was just like, oh. I can mm. never eat this again because yeah. my body was just like, whoa, no way. I like, know this what does not this taste is. good at all. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so now you um, can't eat egg salad or chicken salad. <laughs> That's right. All the mom's referring to an earlier uh, uh, sickness. But yeah, all the salads are being slowly ruled out of my life. Yeah, I understand that. And people do have that reaction. It's funny because... My mother one time got sick on sauerkraut or what she, you know, believed to be sauerkraut yeah, yeah. and never ate it again in her entire life. <laughs> so that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. It's just a it's really strong association. Just instinct, I guess. Yeah. Too bad because it is a good sandwich, but ugh, I can't even think about eating one now. Uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods, mom? Well, there's a little interesting story that has been in the Intertown record for it says it's it's been at least two weeks, okay. So uh 
Smokey the Bear has been stolen from the front of the Newbury Fire Department. And he's been there for 10 years. And his purpose is to state what the fire danger is. Oh, yes. I can picture it. I know exactly where. Really? Yeah. That Smokey got stolen? Got stolen. Okay. So this is an important crime. That is a landmark. That's right. And it was the it was the project of a, a Boy Scout, I think, at some point. And you know, he's a he's a turn left at the Smokey the Bear, and you know, it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Eight foot high and all that. So as I was reading the article, because you know, I pay fifty cents. Well, actually, I don't pay fifty cents for this uh, newspaper anymore because I won a year subscription as you will recall. Um, Oh, that's right. Regular listeners will remember that, yes. So this is the statement from the police, and this is the part that I thought was key. And I quote, unless Smokey is located soon, Thomas said his department will likely get a new Smokey sign. (laughs) So that's how they handle crime. (laughs) There's no no, uh, security camera to see what hijinks might have gone on. We're just going to replace it. So there, whoever stole it. Isn't that good sense? Just put another bear up. Who needs a security camera? God, we got enough cameras looking at us. I like it. All right. It's a practical solution. Unless it starts a trend. What if it starts a trend of people stealing Smokey the Bear? Well, put a chain around it this time. Put a chain around his feet. Oh, how, how festive. But anyway, I wanted to keep you apprised of the crime in the local area. Well, uh, do they have any leads? None. It's been two weeks, no leads. Uh, we might we might need to do another Pop Mom Investigates for this one and get someone on the phone. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it would be Ray Carbone, and he wasn't all that hot last oh. time. So, <laughs> Same guy? Same guy. He has all the high crime stories. Yeah, he gets all the good at the crime beat. That's right. Police blotter beat. Yeah. Police blotter. That's right. That's him. Uh, So I imagine that some year somebody's going to be hiking through the woods or or plowing through a a forest to uh, build a condominium and they will find Smokey the Bear. That is my prediction. Can't Ray Carbone do a little gumshoe work himself? Track down this thing. <laughs> if the police won't, that wouldn't that that would be a good TV series. Ray Carbone, small town. It's like Father Brown. He would yeah, solve crimes. That's right. But instead of a priest, he's a you know small town journalist. Right. Now uh, that I think of it, probably the probably small been town done journalist solves crimes about shows four million yeah. times. Uh, here's a question that I have for you, and then I have something very hardcore for you, but. Uh, I was in the waiting room when dad went for his physical last week at uh, Dartmouth Hitchcock, and I thought I was doing a very good job. I didn't go in with him because I thought that the doctor, for some reason, I had it in my brain. You know, I'm a product of the 50s. Okay, so I feel like, you know, I'm very housewifey in some ways and in other ways, not so much. But I thought the doctor would blame me for daddy's weight gain, which of course is ridiculous, which I realize, but I don't know. I had it in my mind. So I didn't want to go in with him. Okay. 
and I was in the waiting room and it was later in the day. There was one other woman there when daddy and I parted. I, you know, daddy said, come in with me, come in with me. And I said, no, no, I'm not. We already discussed this. I'm going to just go for a walk and I'll be right back. And he started to go in and there was one woman waiting there. And I said, you know, he doesn't come in with me. And I left and I went and, you know, walked around the hospital for a while. And then I came back and I sat down and she was still waiting. And I took out uh, a book and I started reading. Now, this is this is my question for you, because I didn't look up. I didn't look at her. And she starts telling me she's been waiting for two hours. She wants him to come out and take her to dinner. She took him to Walmart to buy banquet Swedish meatballs. And he's ready to go home, but she's hungry. And so her husband is in there too, is what you're saying. I'm That's sorry. That's who she's yes. talking about. She's in the, yeah. yeah, she, but, but I don't know that he's her husband. I think he might have been her boyfriend or something like that. She's about okay. 50. Um, okay. And I'm thinking, what the hell? I did not even look at you. And yet, I know that when I'm with you and Anna, and if you're looking at your phones, I do not engage you in conversation. So I would like to know, what did I do wrong that invited her to tell me all this and even engage me? Do I not have the right face or angle or what was the problem in this situation? Um, well, first of all, what a sad commentary that um, Anna and I would look at our phones when you are visiting. Um, I certainly will try to do a better job of that in the future. Well, I'm um, mostly thinking of when we're on the train or something. Okay. You okay. know, and that's, yeah. But what well, I'm, but let's you, you not, get what let's I'm not saying. ignore you. But more to the point, yes. what you did was you engaged her first. You said to her, oh, he never goes in with me. And then you I You opened left. the floodgates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, you know, you were the same person when she came back. You opened the door. I don't care how hard you were looking at your book after that. Okay. So I think that's that's what. All right. Now, this is not to say I can totally picture a situation. Certainly it happens to me when you're in a waiting room or in a long elevator ride or something. You say a little something, and then the conversation fades, and you both let it drop. That's what you were picturing would happen, right? Right, right. And, the, and then that finishes up usually one of the other person leaves, and you say, oh, have a nice day, or whatever. That's how you close, close the loop on that. Right. But she wanted, she wanted to keep going, and I just feel like that's her prerogative at that point because you started it. Okay, so the problem is just to really not engage anyone when you're out and about. Well, well, I hate to recommend that as a solution, but I just I think it's the risk you take. And you did the best you could to um, direct your attention quite visibly elsewhere. But if she's been waiting for two hours, she's probably getting a little stir crazy. So, yeah, she might uh, not be so receptive to those signals. Yeah, well, I think she was one of those people that wouldn't have gotten it anyway. You know, and well, I'm, probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. So. All right. So there's nothing I could have done there. No. Okay. But I don't think you should stop, you know, joking around with people and being friendly to people that way. That's good. Yeah. Good for them. 
Because do you think I really give a rat's ass whether her boyfriend likes banquet Swedish meatballs and he can only get them at the Walmart in West Lebanon? I mean, well, really. I, I think it's a pretty of, funny detail. But... It's, it's, it's insane. Why do people want to tell you stuff like that? She was just making conversation. Well, my God, at least be interesting then. That's ridiculous. Well, that's a pretty high bar. I know that we need it every week, but not everybody can. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, let me just, this this next one is, you know, not for little ears. Um, first of all. Oh, this is the hardcore? Well, this is, this is a very uncomfortable, but I did want to bring this up, okay? Okay, okay. I watch a lot of judge shows on TV, and they are not, except for Judge Judy, on the main ABC, NBC networks. They are usually mm -hmm. on, I don't know what those secondary places are called, but yeah, not your not top on a tier. Major, yeah. Okay. I mean, well, even Judge Judy is syndicated. She just happens to appear on the CBS affiliate in your yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I do see a lot of drug commercials, pharmaceutical drug commercials. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. First of all, I have to say, I do object to hearing the anthems of my youth be smirched oh, yeah. in this fashion. Sure. I find that very upsetting. You know, something Always. that I was in someone's basement with a black light and, you know, the Rolling Stones blaring. And now it's an ad for psoriasis. It's just it's a little jarring to me. Absolutely. Yeah. When you started hearing the Beatles in insurance commercials, that yeah. was a big. Uh, yeah. A little startling. Sure. But here is here is the problem. I'm used to seeing now ads for incontinence. You know, I'm, used, I'm not, those don't affect me anymore. But I did mm -hmm. see an ad the other day that stopped me in my tracks. And it was for a drug for the disease, Peyronie's disease, which is a drug for if you have a curved erection of more than 30 degrees, which I have, I, is this what people oh, are working on? I'm very, very upset about this. I, I'm, and I know you're laughing, but my God, what do people get out of protractor? How do you diagnose this? It's just, the whole thing is why protractor yeah why? yeah that's the tool they use sorry sir 29 degrees you're normal and you know i don't know what 30 degrees is um uh but why does this have to be on tv i don't i uh, well 30 degrees 30 degrees is one o'clock well it's nothing i mean and and to be really clear I mean, isn't that where the phrase dog leg came from? Yeah. I'm well, sorry. I think the phrase dog leg came from a dog's leg and not from a man's penis. That's why they call it dog leg and not man penis. But um, yes, it is a. I think that a 30 degrees would be a good, a good dog leg curve on a golf course, which is really the main context in which I've ever heard that, not penises. And would you have penile injections to re to cure that? 
this does not seem like a disease to take a pill for or a, or an injection for. This does this. I thought this was beyond believability to me. I've never. It's why would somebody go into a field that 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 examines this or studies this or why why wouldn't you go into cancer research this just seems so uh, unnecessary well there's money in it that's that's the why of it um but i do have to say that i was reading an article today about um coronavirus preparedness or lack thereof I just was reading about how. Um, well, there. That, the, that's where you're wrong, Johnny, because Trump says we're very close to a, a you know, an immunization for that. Oh, I know, I know. Okay, I hope he gets it. I do too. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, and well, it just talked about how after. Um, after SARS, like if they had kept working on studying SARS and developing a vaccine for it, we would have done a lot of the work already, a lot of the preliminary foundational work oh. toward a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, there would have there was a lot of science that could have been done over the past decade that didn't get done because SARS cropped up and then it went away. And everyone was like, OK, that'll never happen again. Um, and this is just the sort of dumb short-term way in which our society works. And yeah, like maybe the energy that we as a society poured into, um, correcting the angle of your dangle could have been put into, um, coronavirus vaccines, but you know, these are the choices we somehow collectively make. And what does his mother say? What does what does the scientist's mother say to her friends at the at the bridge club or the the book club? I mean, does she proudly uh, walk in and take off her scarf and sell, say, "Well, goddamn it, my son has cured Peyronie's disease. Let's all stand tall and salute." I mean, what what the hell? I'm very confused by this. Well, I'm sure for the people who experience it, it's a very painful condition. Um, oh, you but, think it's uh, painful? I mean, if it has a guy's name attached to it, I feel like there must be some pain involved. You know, they don't usually, you know, when it's like Brown's disease or... or <laughs> oh, good example. <laughs> <laughs> but... I feel like whenever there's a whenever some guy's name has put on it, it's it's because he wants everybody to know. Oof! When you're feeling bad like this, I figured out what that is. All right. So you say this is called Peyron's disease. P e y r o n i e s. Oh, Peyronie's. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, what does Peyronie's mother say? Well, that's what I'm saying. What oh, you. oh, yeah. but yeah. that's the disease. It's called disease. <laughs> a Peyronie's disease. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's very painful. But um... all right, I didn't consider that because you know, not having that apparatus, uh, I don't really yeah. uh, relate to it. I see. I, I think it could be painful. I know nothing about this condition, but I. I that's my guess. All right, I'm guessing well... it's not just an aesthetic concern. Okay. Well, I still don't want to see it on TV. No. I don't no, want to see it, should... it. 
again, where should they publish the information of this uh, treatment? Do you think? Uh, I think at, probably at your doctor's office. You know, go see your urologist if you have this kind of a problem. I don't think we need any of these. What am I supposed to walk in and say? Hey, I saw an ad for uh, uh, hoop-de-doo, and I'd like to take that medicine. I mean, do they really think we're doing that? I'm depending on my doctor to read the New England Journal of Medicine and make the best decision for me. Doctor, I took a left at the light, and I just, I can't stop. (laughs) Okay, well... Um, thank you for indulging me because yeah. uh, I, w- I was shocked by that commercial. I really was. And I re- Well, that's all we have time for on okay. Pop Mom this week. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> well, that was a big catch up, but we had two weeks of, uh, of angst to that's share right. with each other. That's so right. um, not that we don't talk to each other, although I haven't talked to you much in the past couple of weeks because I was sick and then I was traveling. And you were traveling, yeah. And and I did want to tell you that uh, Yankee Candle is is developing a candle right now of Vicks VapoRub and diarrhea. So you <laughs> oh can relive God. that happy moment in your home, everyone. And the laughter. Don't forget the sound oh, of the laughter the and frolicking yeah. as I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. It really was hell. All right, should we get on to our uh, review? Let's just talk a little bit about Better Call Saul, because we've covered the show before, but uh, let's see how we feel about it as Season 5 premieres, shall we? All right, yes, we should. This week, Mom and I are talking about Better Call Saul Season 5. On Breaking Bad, Bob Odenkirk's sleazy lawyer character Saul Goodman was a reliable source of comic relief. And when the Better Call Saul prequel series was announced, it promised to be more of the same. But... Over the course of its first four seasons, Better Call Saul offered much more than comedy. Although it is funny, it offers much more than comedy as it blossomed into an aesthetically rich, emotionally sophisticated world that mixes poignant human drama with elaborate legal hijinks and pulpy thrills. The fifth season of the show, which premiered earlier this week, sees Odenkirk's Jimmy McGill finally transforming into the Saul Goodman alter ego we know from Breaking Bad. Here's a clip. Don't you think you're selling yourself short? You worked so hard to get your license back. We worked. We worked. So why be... Why Why this? <laughs> it was perfect. They already know me, I know them. What's not to love? Kim, I can't go back to being Jimmy McGill. Jimmy McGill, the lawyer, is always going to be Chuck McGill's loser brother. I'm done with that. That name is burned. This is a fresh start. This is how I move forward. And I like it. Sorry. It's... I just can't see it. It's okay. You will. Better Call Saul airs Monday nights on AMC. If you want to catch up with the first four seasons, they are streaming on Netflix. Mom, the phone's ringing. Are you taking Saul's call? Oh, I definitely am. I oh, I, de- I watched these two episodes that are available to us from this season twice. And in fact, I watched both episodes before t- on today so that I would really be 
quite up on what I wanted to be. And, and I know that you do basement breakdown and uh, showcase certain scenes with things that we might not have noticed. Uh, when is that coming? Well, I have been working as hard as I can on that all week. A- AMC kind of punched me in the gut. They hit me with these two shows right yeah. out of the gate. So we have been working hard. I have shot the breakdowns. We're editing them, and they will be up, up shortly. And I'm really excited to do them because let me get the full plug out of the way. Go on YouTube. You can just Google for Basement Breakdown or search YouTube for it. It'll come up under the O-Logical banner. And it's just me um, breaking down each episode and picking apart the aesthetics, the writing, the performances, and really showing you how all the pieces of the filmmaking come together to get you deep into the um, hopes, aspirations, neuroses of these characters, just understanding their being. I just find it such a deeply human show and an amazingly human show to come out of this character, um, Saul Goodman, who... Not that he wasn't a great character in Breaking Bad, but he was a punchline and he was Mr. Sleaze, Mr. Shifty. You know, he was that character from the TV commercials um, that we saw on the show. And Bob Odenkirk and the writers and producers of this show have just developed the character into so much more, this tragic, um, entrancing figure. So that's Basement Breakdowns on YouTube if you want to hear more. Most definitely. Uh, it's always interesting. Here, here are some things I would like to address. The first thing I'm going to address with you is the sound of success, which to me is Kim and Saul, especially when I hear their leather shoes hit the tile floor, I sit up a little straighter and feel like here's power, as opposed to Mm. when I see... Taco and his crew. Nacho. Why do I have Taco here? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I think. What the yeah, hell is I mean, wrong with me? Well, I, you I, just sat down at the meal and you skipped the appetizer. <laughs> Nacho's, see, he's the appetizer and you just went straight to the entree. I don't eat a lot of Mexican food. Uh, and Nacho and his crew, you know, they have like sneakers on and whatever. So it's, you know, it's quiet. Uh, that always mm. strikes me, the difference between those sounds that. Wow. Great observation. And, it, you know, it dovetail with, dovetails with, and look, I'm just going to call out this detail. And if you haven't seen the show, I hope I can paint a little picture for you. But this is just sort of an example of what you experience if you really look deeply at this show. One sound mom that I really took away from the first episode was there's a new villain. This season, Lalo Salamanca, and he is this guy who his wheels are always turning, right? And there's this scene where he's visiting with um, Gus Fring, this very cool and straight-laced. He really presents this appearance of being conservative and straight-laced. He plays things very close to the vest. And they sort of face off, um, have this meeting at Gus Fring's chicken facility. Throughout this scene, there's a sound of, um, because it's a construction site, grinding wheels, um, striking metal. And not just striking metal, of course, grinding against them, making that that loud Mm. grinding sound, and Mm. you see sparks flying off. And to me, it's just the sound of Lalo, this um, super-focused, hyperactive, but 
hyperactive mind on this guy. Yeah. It's his the sound of him operating up against the cool, unmovable figure of Gus Fring. They do these things with sound and with color and with composition and with direction of the performances, um, just that everywhere you look, there's another detail that makes these stories come to life. Right. And look, if you had if you had told me that I would fall in love and spend hours and hours and hours um, deconstructing a show about uh, a New Mexico drug cartel and a, a shady lawyer, like I would never have imagined that to be the case. Right. Um, be, I not that I don't love a pulpy story, but it doesn't inspire that level of passion for me. This show is just pulp plus sophistication, and I don't know how they keep the level of creative uh, quality so I high, don't know but either. it's just as good as ever. It's as good as ever, and it really sort of sours you on other television that... <laughs> it why, does. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why can't everything be this quality? Or, all right, not everything, but why can't more things be this quality? But anyway, that was that was one of observation that I made that made me... Uh, Obviously, there's you you switch from one scenario to another scenario, but that the sound of those two different yeah. uh, factions always strikes me that that the shoes uh, say something to me. Boy, that's great, Mom. That's great. Yeah. Uh, this is my last observation that I have, but we know that Kim does not go on to Breaking Bad, so yeah, the end is coming for her. And I'm wondering what you think that will be. Will it just be a peaceful parting? Is something, is Jimmy going to, or not Jimmy, Saul going to involve her in something that harms her? Uh, I'm very anxious to see where this goes because I'm very curious as to why she stays with him. I don't, I don't know why she doesn't sense how dangerous he is. Oh, she does. Oh, she does. She's very, she's very smart. Um, and she, look, I, it, this is kind of perfectly teeing me up. My basement breakdown for the second episode of this season is really going to get at some of this stuff. So, but I'll try to give you an abbreviated answer to what I think is the answer to that question. Why does she stay with him? If you haven't watched the show, um, Kim is uh, Jimmy's companion girlfriend, maybe we could call her, um, but their relationship has taken different forms. Mm. Um, and she is an up-and-coming lawyer doing it the right way, at least as much as she can, and Jimmy often drags her into some shadier um, behavior. Why does she put up with him? Well, A, I think that she has seen past the grime that Jimmy uh, reliably surrounds himself with, and she sees a pure Jimmy underneath that, and she she wants to be around that. She fell in love with that Jimmy, Mm. and she wants wants that Jimmy to come out. Um, Also, I think in more of a codependent way, um, Kim being around Jimmy allows her to always be the moral authority and be, you know, she may not always feel like a good person in part because of the stuff that Jimmy uh, convinces her to do, um, as we saw this season. But when at least when she's around him, she's the better person. She can feel like she's she's good around him, I think, in the same way that his brother Chuck could. Um, With a totally different feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just I think there's um 
I think these are two people who are not eager to take a hard look at themselves, and mm. um, they fall into uh, a sort of tragic codependency as a result of that. Because hmm. it was very interesting when they he wanted to take her to see a house and sort of imagine them living there, and she felt like the, quote, mom in saying, well, maybe someday, or... When he says to her, I go too far, you pull me back. See, this is perfect. This is perfect. He's like a child and she's the authority. And I don't even know why he likes that. Maybe he's her safeguard. She's the safeguard for him that, you know, if she said no, no, he would say, oh, maybe there's something wrong with this, even though he goes ahead and does what he wants anyway. He craves her absolution. Yeah. Whenever she says, okay, he feels like it wipes the slate clean. Right. And he also craves her getting down in the muck with him, as she has regularly. Her working with him on a con. Right. Um, or they were some getting, elaborate the, swindle. Right. Yeah. When they used to go to the bar and swindle people there. and Yeah. That makes him feel better because he looks up to her. So if she's doing this stuff with him, well then he doesn't seem like such a bad egg. Uh, I don't really understand her very well, I don't think. Well, watch the breakdowns and maybe maybe I'll okay. to shed some more light on it. All right. Mom, what is your grade for Better Call Saul Season 5? So far, A+. Plus. Oh, A+. A+. Plus. Woo! Yeah. Quiet. Quiet. I hate when the audience acts up. Nobody asked you. <laughs> Mom, do you have a recommendation this week? I do. Uh, Very interested being Black History Month. Um, I picked up The Broken Road by Peggy Wallace Kennedy. This was a very, I can't say that it was like in depth and it was sort of, well, I'm not sure she really knows where she stands uh, in life, but she was, she is the daughter of, George Wallace, who was uh, governor Mm. of Alabama Mm -hmm. and uh, a noted racist and uh, won many times his run for governor on that basis. Uh, And when ran for president, too. Right. And when he wasn't going to be successful, his wife ran and she was elected. That's right. But I think due to his reputation, the South. really supported this uh, injustice that was done to black people. And she is not. Systematic injustice. Yeah. Really horrifying. And for her, so this is her point of view on how she grew up in this household with little support from either of her parents and disagreeing with the philosophy. And so, yeah, uh, it was a good read. And to me, it was important to read because I look at these things and she she actually references Trump and says, what will his grandchildren take away from his presidency? Because she came away from her father's governorship with uh, a very bad taste in her mouth. She's going all the way to the grandchildren because we know the kids are idiots. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) That's The Broken Road by Peggy Wallace Kennedy. Uh, consult your local librarian to see if they can direct you to a bookstore where you can buy this book. (laughs) 
I'm just kidding. Check it out of your local library. Support your library. Well, except maybe we not right now. I love libraries. I do love libraries, but not right now. Why not? I told you last time. Well, remind me. Well, because I think I don't want to get sick from people sneezing and coughing into their books and then oh. bring them into the house. Oh, right. Oh, right. You don't want to take coronavirus out of the library is what you're saying. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how long it lives on books. Well, I'm not taking any chances. So how did you read this book? I bought it. Because there's no germs at the bookstore? <laughs> Somebody had to put the book on the shelf, you know. Look, I didn't say any of this made sense. It's just my neurotic self. Yeah. It usually doesn't when it comes to you and germs, but uh, fine. Yes. Well, support your local library no matter what mom says. Yeah, that's She's not an epidemiologist. What does she know? I know nothing. I just know that I am very neurotic about germs. So. And we'll conclude on that note. That'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. I know I said that two weeks ago. I forgot about my trip. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks for, uh, okay. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Hmm. What should we talk about? Oh, something interesting. Something interesting. All right, maybe. For a change. Uh, I got to think that one over. Yeah, for a change. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. We'd love to get email, too. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show. I got to check that inbox. Let's have some emails next time. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.